Welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Luby. I'm here today with Amy Oztan of Amy Ever After. Hi. And only Amy. No. Only <laughs> Just, Only you. Andrea is off doing journalist things. Um, Good tech work. Good for yes, her. Yes, tech work. She'll come back and tell us about all sorts of crazy gadgets that then we want to buy and put on our, our holiday lists, I'm sure. So today on the show, we have a special guest, Abby West. She is the editorial director at Audible. Um, she's been on the show before a few times talking about different things. And we are so excited. I'm super excited to have this conversation about audiobooks. Um, you know, I think for people who don't listen to them regularly, they think it's just somebody boring <laughs> reading a book out loud. It is no. not what they are. They are full-scale, like, incredible productions bringing books to life um, with incredible readers, whether that's celebrities or regular people. And they have a whole slew of content for kids now that I think in this pandemic, especially, parents need. Um, We need different ways of entertaining our kids and engaging their minds. And nobody wants their kids looking at screens for more hours of the day than they already are. So we will have Abby on with us, and she will kind of fill us in on all the cool options out there for audiobooks and why you should listen to audiobooks and how to listen to audiobooks. We will be back with Abby after this. We are back with our guest, Abby West, Editorial Director at Audible. Hi, Abby. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. I feel like I should have said, and friend of the show. I should have had one of those corny intros Um, because this is I feel like this must be the third time um, we've had you on the show. Yeah. Um, Yes, it is. It is. And but it's been a long time, too long. And every time it's something different, which is what I love. But thank you for coming on today. We've been wanting to do a show about sort of audiobooks and, you know, listening and how we can work this in as parents with our kids. I think, obviously, we have taken screen time to a new place <laughs> over the last yes. eight months. You know, poor parents have gone from telling their kids they can't have screen time to saying, like, now you must have screen time all day. Um, so we are so happy to have you on to really talk about what's going on at Audible and other places to bring audio to kids and still have storytelling and literacy and all these great things that we want. So let's jump right in. (laughs) Um, I know one of the things uh, we talked about before we got on the show was a new podcast that you guys are doing with Sesame Street. And this is so cool because I, I mean, we've done, we've done shows on podcasts for kids, but I've never really, we've never really had a deep dive into like what they are and how you do it. I know. And this one is really cool. I, I, I consistently, you know, I've been at, I think when I've come to talk to you guys, I've been at either uh, Entertainment Weekly, Essence, and now Audible. And across the board, <laughs> and I've seen a lot of, you know, uh, celebrities, a lot of like high power things across the board. No one makes the people I work with geek out like Sesame Street characters, <laughs> like so completely <laughs> geek out. Everyone is trying to either take a picture with them or somehow being involved with them or talk. Um, so this is one that we've all been internally pretty excited about. Uh, it's it's uh, the Sesame Street podcast with Foley and Friends. It is an original podcast, 15 episodes in total. And it's really the first of its kind for Sesame Street. Um, and it's hosted by a new Sesame Street character. 
that you've oh. never met before called Foley. Um, Which is the essence of, of, exactly. of Sesame Street because the kids are not going to get that name, but some no. of the adults will. Don't you love that? I yes. love that. It yes. reminds me of all the uh, all those um, Bugs Bunny times where it's like all those jokes <laughs> yes. that you didn't really get until you were an adult. Like, I love that. Uh, so yeah, it's the first podcast of its kind for this iconic children's show and um, with new original music, interactive games, jokes and visits from friends like that you are familiar with, like Elmo and Big Bird and Cookie Monster in every episode. And it's specifically crafted for preschool listeners. Um, and it's started, it's launched last week. So get into it. It's really great. I really, I mean, like, I love I almost said I wish I had a preschooler. I do not wish I had a preschooler. <laughs> Especially <laughs> not now. Really clear right now. <laughs> with two grown children, I do not wish that. Um, but I, I really want everyone with pre preschoolers in my life to listen to this. So, um, is this something that kids could just like command? I, I shouldn't say her name because then mine's going to go off. But they're yeah. an echo <laughs> to just play. We have a, we have um, integration with. Alexa, like so before <laughs> mine goes off as well. She who may not be named. <laughs> exactly. Yes, you can pair and, and um, access most, I, I hesitate to say all, but most audible titles through your Alexa. Oh, that's so cool. Like, I feel like that's so nice because it gives kids such agency over them deciding what they want to listen to. I mean, I will say as an Audible representative that we should make sure that all children have permission from their parents because yes. we're marketing <laughs> to parents. Um, but yes, it, it is uh, it is a wonderful thing for kids to have that, you know, a, that agency when they can. That's awesome. Well, I love, and then you were telling us too that there are, and this is so important, I think right now, tons of free streaming stories because I think, parents have run out of things and ideas yes. and you know they can't do another craft project let's be honest um or read another book to their kid for the hundredth time I so know. I know that was one of the things you know like storytelling clearly storytelling is important to us clearly um and at the start of the pandemic and when school started closing one of the things that we I think geared up within within two weeks of schools closing was Audible Stories, which is a streaming um, service that you don't even have to have an Audible membership to access with uh, listens in eight languages. So it's global for anyone around the world to be able to listen to um, hundreds of stories from uh, early listener to teens. And it's still accessible because so many schools are still closed or you know doing hybrid models. So that's still a thing. And I love that it's in all those languages because now like that my wheels are turning and I'm thinking about just my daughters when they were in high school needing to find foreign language, um, you know, just resources online. And so much of the stuff read aloud online for foreign language is really boring. <laughs> you know, and, and like it's really awful and they could it was funny because my daughters had really good reading skills for their foreign language but the listening speaking back like hearing the intonations yeah. all that stuff mm -hmm. um you know how to tell a story is much better for trying to attain some kind of proficiency and fluency than you know just saying my name is i go here where's the bathroom right. you know right <laughs> conversational versus immersive listening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you guys find in terms of families using audiobooks um, in their lives? Are you finding it's like a road trip thing or it's something people are integrating all the time? And, and how do you 
how do you feel about the kind of like best practices on, on supplementing like the physical reading? Cause a lot of people don't consider audiobooks reading and I, I, know. Yeah. I don't think that's, that's true. It's not. And there are, there are definitely actual studies that prove that, you know, Audible has been around for more than 20 years. And um, I guess in really in a lot of folks consciousness in the last maybe ten, five to 10, right? Because it's become more of an avenue for, um, alternative storytelling. And there are studies that show that it is not just a good supplement. It is, it is the same for, it does similar work in literacy for children. Um, and, you know, I think we found that for kids and families, it's the same as for the rest of us. While so many people were myself included, used to listening uh, during a commute or, you know, mm -hmm. or while you're off going somewhere else. And that just abruptly ended for so many folks. You know, it's not so much the road trip as finding uh, that you listen at different times. You know, you go for a walk, you're cleaning the house, you're there's so many other opportunities and use cases, especially after we were all stuck at home with everybody, <laughs> like mm -hmm. every single person in your family. So, um, you know, we found that parents uh, really turned to it as an alternative for screen time. Like, you know, since their kids were home and had to be on screens, not just recreationally, but for school now so much doing things virtually, it was an opportunity to, to have listening and, and story time without a screen. Um, that's one of the reasons why parents uh, named us one of the best learning apps for kids recently for best for story times. So you're like, let the pros take care of that, you know, <laughs> because we, you know, we have professional voice actors doing these amazing stories. We have celebrity actors doing amazing stories like Laura Dern doing Little Women or Scarlett Johansson performing Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. So there's just, we found that parents have, um, like the rest of us had to pivot in how we how they approached it. That's so interesting too. I love. I think you know for people who don't listen to audiobooks or maybe only listen to a certain kind. I don't know how many people realize how much acting talent yes. <laughs> is in these books, and not even just celebrities, but the really good audiobook readers. Like yes. there's a group of them, right? Like that yeah, is no, their talent. That is that is an entire industry. The um, you know, you think of, I think most people think of like voiceover actors when they see something on TV or whatnot, but there's a whole audio narrator uh, community. Hundreds of actors have their own awards, like they call the Audis, which is essentially our little Oscars. You know, it's, it's amazing work. Uh, some folks who do screen work, but many who just simply do amazing voices and have their own followings. There are people there are listeners who will listen to anything like a Scott Brick does or, you know, like and their names you may not know, but they, they have thousands of followers who they don't care what the book is. They're going to listen to him. Oh, my God. Audible groupies. Yes, That's that so is a thing. Funny. That is definitely a thing. There was a great article um, a while ago. I'm going to have to find it and post it that went really in depth with some some audiobook um, voice artists and just what it takes to get an entire book recorded like it's intense it is it is and every time i'm part of my job is um overseeing our interviews and and with authors and narrators that you know go out into the world you can find it usually on the site you can find it on social it's just every time i interview someone who's not a voice actor and who's narrated their own work 
They're like, Jesus, I did not know how hard this was. <laughs> yeah. I have so much respect for all these. Like, I was, one of the more recent ones we did, uh, uh, David Chang, um, you know, Momo, the Momofuku chef and restaurateur who has his new title out. And he said just like so much props to all these actors. Like I had mm -hmm. no idea how hard this was. It, it, it takes a lot of work. That's so, you know, it's, it's interesting because I think people, when you realize you really loved listening to a book and so much of it is that, and sometimes you really don't, <laughs> so much of it is that, and you're like, is it <laughs> yep. the book? Like, would, would this have been better if I had read it? Because some things are so much better read aloud. I mean, I think about Tina Fey's book, which I'm sure is yeah. hilarious to read, but like when you integrate like the clips from Saturday Night Live or the thing, you know, it's right. and she's such a good reader. Um, it really brings it alive. And I know you guys have sort of pivoted and started doing originals, which I think is so cool. Like the Netflix model of like, we are the experts. Let's, let's produce our own <laughs> content, uh, audible content. Um, but it takes me back to, you know, these old radio shows. And that's how, right, everything sort of began at the beginning of the last century and brought people around the radio. I love this idea of like new original audio content. Yeah, there, there's just there's just so many stories to tell, so many creators to work with who have variations. And, you know, some things, yes, yeah, some things are definitely ele elevated by the audio versus the the text, right? It could be perfectly wonderful, but then it's also extra special when you have the characters really brought to life in a different way. And so we have, you know, certain things like, like Jamie Lee Curtis did a series over the summer called Letters from Camp. And, you know, just understand oh hearing <laughs> folks like that just come bring something to life. Uh, we have this thing called Grandma for President, not to get political. But, um, <laughs> well, grandma could go either way. Right. <laughs> there's a kid who, it, you know, he's never been into politics um, at school, but he's like, about to really push for his grandma for president because he does not care for any of the candidates. <laughs> it's, it's really funny. And it's narrated by like Mel Brooks and oh DeLuise, you know. It's, it's, there are fun ways to go around these things and, it, and especially for coming up into um, Halloween, for a little bit of a scary thing, we've got Night Magic, uh, which is narrated by Josh Gad. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just a way to tap into kids' um, imagination you know this has always been the thing that we wanted to do everyone wants to do with their kids is to get them to get really engrossed in the story and understand how to use their imagination and not just rely on what they're seeing play out do you guys have you know when you are putting together these ideas for you know what original content would look like or something like the sesame street podcast are you basing this on how you're seeing your members, like how the listening's happening or where you're seeing demand? Um, and then how do you guys get the feedback or gauge that? You know, uh, well, the ratings on the site okay. and the comments are, <laughs> they are definitely taken to heart and understanding. You know, we get, we interact with listeners on social and in different spaces. And we just see what's really, you know, connecting based either on downloads or based on what's going on in the world. And sometimes it is just you really want to get things and elevate ideas and stories that meet the time. So like, you know, it's understanding, especially coming through the sort of social 
awakening, shall we say, of this last six months. You know, we have really elevated a lot of titles from Black authors and, and diverse authors and, and creators and narrators and really getting conversation that can be age appropriate as determined by the by parents, but things that, you know, speak to the moments as well as the storytelling. So, you know, whether it's our original work or, you know, something like uh, this thing, this book called Stamps, um, which was Jason Reynolds and Abram X. Kendi's uh, sort of remix on this look at racism and anti-racism in America. That is something we look at, like how that is doing and how well people are embracing that and think about what else needs to go out into the world. That's really interesting, especially about nonfiction books, I think. Um, you know, there's this idea that when you're reading fiction or you have storytelling for your kids, that's something parents are very familiar with in terms of, you know, almost the first books you read to your kids are always, um, I guess, fiction. I'm thinking of picture books even, right. you know. Um, that's, I never really thought about how nonfiction audiobooks play into um that learning experience and, and what it's like to have someone speaking to you about different topics rather than you trying to process it kind of alone on the page. Right. Mm -hmm. And it can be engrossing um, mm -hmm. in different ways. And, you know, it's also a way there, there are many things that folks who are a little elitist about what's good for kids to listen to or read <laughs> to read you know there I, I remember back in the day when my son was into started doing graphic novels and there were a lot of folks who were just like you know that's not a it's not real reading you need him to read more books i was like i need him to read anything <laughs> i need him to get into yeah. anything and that led to him reading like the rick riordan's you know um a couple of different rick riordan series like it sets up the way kids process things and we can't really be um, gatekeepers too much on that and a lot of those things actually do translate into audio pretty well because they're they're kind of written like scripts you know like especially um, graphic novels because you know this did you I don't know if any of you saw the Jerry Crafts New Kid last year. It won a Newbery Medal Coretta <laughs> Scott King Author Award and it it ended up being one of our best audiobooks of the year as well. And that was a graphic novel because it's just, it plays out really well. And that was not one of our originals, but it's still, it's amazing. So how did they do the graphic novels? Do they just kind of use it as a storyboard and describe the images? Yeah, there's, a, there's description, there's um, tweaking to the imagery, you know, how you would process the imagery in the same way that you're listening to a, a, a regular work of fiction and imagining. Mm -hmm. It sets it up as an imagination exercise. I could see kids probably doing both at the same time, too, then wanting the book, the physical book, and then sort of reading along with the audiobook. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, it seemed, that's one of my favorite things is that ability to kind of switch back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> too. So because um, I, I think especially for parents when you and moms in particular have less and less time to themselves to read, um, that can be, I think, one of the one of not the toughest adjustments of motherhood, but one of the things a lot of people find themselves missing and didn't realize it um, until a couple years goes by and you're like, I haven't read a book. Yeah. yeah. Um, and audiobooks, I think, can be a really great way for moms 
and dads, any caretaker, um, to sort of tap back into to that for themselves. It is, it's, I say to people all the time, I think I had five years of my life where I didn't read, <laughs> um, you know, where I, where I read junk or whatever, because I couldn't, I didn't have the brain power to read a novel at the end mm-hmm. of my day. You know, if, if you had, if your kids napped, you worked or maybe or napped slept. or you didn't slept or cleaned or whatever it was. Um, or totally zoned out. Um, that's yeah, just me. <laughs> exactly. Because you, you couldn't process another thing. And I, I remember listening to audiobooks at some point during that time um, and being like, oh, I can still like be part of the cultural conversation and actually yeah. listen to this book everyone's talking about because there's no way I'm reading it. Um, it's so it's interesting. interesting that you say that because just the other day I was filling out one of those online things like, you know, how many of these 500 books have you read? And I realized that almost all of the ones that I checked off that were in like the last 10 years, I had actually listened to. Wow. And I until I saw it all in one place, I didn't realize just how many audiobooks I was listening to. You know, that's the thing. I I really would not be consuming as many books if I had to read them right now. Just, mm-hmm. I, there's just no way. Um, I don't know that I ever truly recovered from that period of time when my kids were younger. <laughs> and, you know, I think the, my crowning achievement was reading this one gigantic bestseller um, during their first five years. <laughs> I remember this book very, very well because I just worked really hard at reading it. Um, and everything since then has been uh, sometimes a little harder, sometimes a little easier. But I definitely, there's no way I'd be hitting my Goodreads, you know, goal number if I were not <laughs> listening as well. Yeah, it's funny. It's a muscle, right? Like that ability to sort of read and sustain your attention that probably most of us um, lose, not just through motherhood, but now through how distracted and divided our attention is all the time. And I think that's what's nice about an audiobook is that you can do more than one thing at a time. Yes. Uh, you can and still cook process. and listen. Yeah, and, yeah. You can, and you totally process. And you can rewind. Like if you missed it, you kind of just, you go back. You're like, wait, 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 what just happened? You know, and you mm-hmm. go back and you find it. Um, and what I kind of love for kids is, and we all know this, kids can read the same book 8,000 times, right? Like yes. they don't care. And it's the same with audio. Like they will listen over and over and over. And I think it's nice as a parent to know um, that they're doing something you've kind of set up for them, you know, that you, that they, you have this nice curated, you know, list of books they're listening to and they can do that. And you, again, like they could be coloring at the same time. They could be, you know, building Legos at the same time. They doesn't have to be this weird dedicated thing where they sit on the couch and listen, you know, right. Um, right. and they certainly don't have to be looking at a screen. Yeah, it changes the bar of entry for for storytelling for kids. And I, I always like that where it doesn't feel so uh, inaccessible if you're, you know, if your kid's a fidgety kid, if, you, if they're mm-hmm. just prone to not really wanting to sit and do something concerted, but they, and, you know, they don't even do it when they're watching TV, <laughs> like they're moving <laughs> all the time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it just, it makes it accessible. And I love that. It's funny. I will tell you my one of my inappropriate parent moments. Um, we were we were away for a month together when my daughters were seven, and um, we listened to a lot of stuff in the car. We were just sort of in the car a lot, and one of the things we listened to was David Sedaris uh, when you are engulfed in flames. And my daughters were seven, and 
they loved it so much, partly because they knew it was inappropriate. But we sort of got to that point in our, you know, in and out of the car that we're like, we're not doing the kid stuff. Like, we're done. Like, we can't, we can't listen to it again. I can't do another Percy Jackson, you know. And, um, And we were like, eh, whatever. But it was so wonderful because it reminded me of when I would, like, get those books off my parents' bookshelf that I probably wasn't supposed to read. But I was like, ooh, who's Philip Roth? You know, I kind of pull that thing down and like, oh, no, my goodness. Yeah. Um, but it's good. It, it would like, and it was funny because I think it was obviously never something they would read at seven. Um, but he has such an incredible way of reading his work. I actually think his yes. work is better read aloud. Um, not to put down his work. No, he loves it. He said he would rather listen than read anything ever again. And I was like, wow, okay. (laughs) But it makes sense to me because his writing, once you've heard him, right, you hear his voice in your head if you're reading it. Um, Mm -hmm. So you might as well just listen to it. (laughs) So, But it was funny. It was like a very fun way to introduce them to a totally different kind of writing than they would ever have. And we had a few stories we had to like fast forward a little bit. Um, (laughs) But it was, I don't know, it's just one of my like most favorite memories from that time when they were little and it has you know I can't tell you the movies we saw I cannot but I can tell you about those times in the car listening to David Sedaris with them in the back seat like oh <laughs> you know it was just so much fun I love that you're not doing parenting right unless you have one of those stories <laughs> right I mean take a risk introduce your kids to something that maybe they're not quite quite ready for but the, and you know what they don't even get it on that level anyway like no. it's part of it go, that other stuff goes over their head I mean I feel the same way about when I had them watch Dirty Dancing at one of their sleepovers when they were 10 they didn't know an abortion <laughs> happened they had no idea what that was <laughs> like whatever she's sick <laughs> like they don't know yes yep. show them the movie um yeah that's like a whole other conversation <laughs> but um yes parents make sure you're giving your children permission <laughs> before <laughs> Before letting them loose on any any Audible, Netflix, whatever. Yes. Um, Jess, it does still require parents to do their own due diligence. But yes. there's, you know, it's like anything you think you, any like uh, fairy tale, any children's book that you have some nostalgia for is available in audio. So there's always something for there to turn to. Yeah. That's perfect. Well, thank you, Abby. This was like really great. I loved having this conversation. I we don't talk about audiobooks enough, um, you know, as technology, which is sort of funny, but it, now it's so accessible. It's just part of your everyday technology. Um, so thank you for being on, and you gave us lots to think about. And now I'm like have a list in my head of all the, <laughs> the things I want to listen to, especially the originals. I'm super into these, like this whole idea of original Audible content. So many cool ones, so many cool ones that so many cool originals we're doing, but there are also just so many great stories, whether we have created them or not. And uh, I just want more people to take advantage of that opportunity for their kids. Well, we will do our part. (laughs) Spread the word. (laughs) Thank you again. I hope we have you on much sooner, not like such a long time again. We'll have to make a plan for uh, summer reading or (laughs) road trips or something. I would love it. I would love it. Great. Well, thank you again. Thank you. We will be right back with our Bites of the Week. We are back with our Bites of the Week, our short bites. It's just me and you. (sighs) All right. What do you got, Amy? So 
I have talked about Hrishikesh Hirway on this show at least twice before because he was the host of West Wing Weekly along with Josh Molina, which was one of my favorite podcasts. And then he came out with a new podcast um, with Sami Nosrat, his home cooking podcast, which is still oh going. Oh, my God. I love her. Oh, they're, and they're so great together on home cooking, um, which it's hilarious because it was only supposed to be a four-parter because I don't think they thought that the pandemic was going to last as long as it did either. <laughs> um, so, like, you know, they're, they'll be like, okay, this is episode seven in our four-part series. <laughs> but um, he... Now, he has another podcast that I was never a huge fan of called Song Exploder. And the reason that I wasn't a huge fan is that it's mostly songs that I've never heard of by artists I don't listen to. Um, so I, I just never got into it. It's been turned into a Netflix series. So I checked it out. And here's the thing. There are four episodes like Alicia Keys, um, one about Hamilton, one about um, R.E.M. and Losing My Religion, and then a fourth one that I can't even remember because I've never heard of the singer before. And that's kind of the thing. Like all four episodes were super interesting. But if you actually already love the song that they're talking about and already have an emotional attachment to it, I don't know, for me, that just made those episodes just absolutely incredible like i watched the losing my religion one three times oh that's cool yeah it's so great and so like maybe and and you should also check out the podcast song exploder just because maybe you listen to different music than i do and you will have an emotional attachment to um to those to to more episodes than i did because the episodes that i did listen to were fantastic but again i kind of picked and chose the ones where i already knew the artist or already knew the the song and loved it um but it's the netflix show it's really great like it's really well produced um he just he sits down with the with the artist and just picks apart their process for coming up with the song and producing the song and it's it's super fascinating. I loved it. That's really cool. Even the two that I where I didn't like, you know, really Care get into the, the song. song. I still I still really enjoyed it. I think I mean, you're just looking at a creative process, right? Anytime you're under like lifting up the hood on a really creative process that you don't know anything about. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. And, and the thing is, like, out of all of the different creative fields, I think, like producing a song is what I know the least about. Yeah. You know, like like seeing Alicia Keys go into a room with a producer and another songwriter was really fascinating because I really had no idea how you come up with a popular song and like what role the producer plays and it it was it was cool. That's awesome. I'm gonna check that out because I'm out of things to watch. Well there's <laughs> so. only four episodes, but there you go. Perfect. That's like a British show. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> British shows either have four episodes or 300. So, you know, that's how it well, goes. Well, it's, it's like they, because our contracts for shows go seven years, theirs go three. So, yeah, but they're literally shows with two episodes. You're like, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, but anyway, that's a whole other discussion. We'll have to have someone come on from British TV at some point and like explain <laughs> the British season to us. <laughs> um, I would love that actually. All right, my bite this week, which probably everyone in the world has seen at this point, but whatever. It's the 
parody video of Be Our Guest <laughs> from Beauty and the Beast, but it is wear a mask. And I'm always amazed at how well the lip syncing works out in these <laughs> animated videos. And I guess it's because lips don't really move that much in animation. You're projecting, right? right. That it's that it looks in sync. Um, but the truth is, once you substitute any words, it pretty much works as long as you're hitting the big ones <laughs> right. the same. So, I mean, you've seen this. So this video, it's so good. It's two minutes. The lyrics are so smart um, and funny. And obviously people who aren't wearing masks aren't going to find it funny, but I don't care because <laughs> <laughs> it's just hilarious. And I don't know, it's probably a really fun thing for like a kid to see, even though there's some there's a little language. Salty language. Um, but I don't know. I just love that people take the time to make these creative, nutty things. And I just found it be ridiculously enjoyable. Like, I probably watched it too many times and shared it with too many people, all of whom were like, I know, but I don't care. <laughs> it, it's funny because I had seen it going through my feed a lot and didn't watch it because I'm kind of snobby about that stuff. Like, it's got to be really clever for me to yeah. actually like it. And then I saw like people that I actually trust sharing it. And then a friend of the show, Nancy, she she tagged me in it. And I was like, okay, I better watch it. And by the time Mrs. Potts come on, comes on, it was hilarious. It's so funny. And um, I appreciate I appreciate the attempt at COVID shaming humor. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what else to do, but that is... That is our show for today. We will have links to everything we talked about today with Abby, with us. Um, if you haven't seen the video, there will be a link to it. You can find everything we talked about at our show page on parentingbites.com. And of course, on facebook.com slash parentingbites, where you can leave us comments, let us know how you're doing, let us know your favorite audiobooks. Um, please rate, review, subscribe, and share from wherever you are listening to us. And until next week, happy parenting. Bye. Hey, this is our Parenting Bites disclaimer. Everything we talk about on the show is our own opinion. Any products we recommend, it's our own personal recommendation for entertainment purposes only. If you buy something through our affiliate links or you just happen to buy or see or read or watch something that we've recommended, it's at your own risk.